Welcome to On the Road on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Greg Garman. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Lockwork, and it's my pleasure to be here today. Today, we're recording from the floor of the Expo Hall of the ABA Tech Show in Chicago. Uh, the powers that be at the Legal Talk Network tell me Chicago is Paris on the prairie, but I actually think they were only trying to get me to say that as some kind of joke. But joining me today are Stephanie Everett and Darlene Tonelli. And welcome to the show. Thank you. Before we begin, could I get you each to tell me a little bit more about yourself? Uh, Darlene? Uh, Sure. I'm Darlene Tonelli. I founded uh, an association of lawyers called Inter Alia Law in Toronto, Canada. We do media, tech, and entertainment. And I'm Stephanie Everett. I am over at lawyerist.com, and I lead the community team where I teach lawyers and help them learn how to run better businesses. So before I started Law Clerk, I was the managing partner of a regional firm and and started a boutique. And what I took away from that process is that we as lawyers are uniquely ill-equipped to hire and fire. Um, We don't do it and they don't teach us in law school. Uh, Most of us don't have a background in it and it's trial by fire. And I probably have uh, both good and bad hired and fired more than a, a hundred attorneys in my life, but I've probably made more mistakes than I have right choices. So uh, I, for one, am, am looking forward to kind of hearing some of the do's and don'ts. Um, the two of you just did a really great panel, and you spent a lot of time in your panel talking uh, about values and how they play into the system. Darlene, can we start with you, and, and, and why is that so important, and, and how does it fit in this process? Sure. What we talked about on our panel was the, the way that setting out your values in a way that the candidate can learn about what you're about, as well as how you can structure your interview process to discover if the candidate shares your values is key to hiring the right candidate. So if you value, for example tough bully negotiating styles and that's the way that you are going to run your practice, you can ask questions designed to see if the candidate agrees with that and prevent a future problem with a candidate who is shocked by that at your firm, for example. That was our, our worst case example, actually. So my experience is that, is that practicing lawyers, particularly litigators who are hiring, sometimes they, they sort of fall on an extreme. They spend the totality of the interview talking about the firm, or they spend the totality of the interview talking uh, about the candidate. Like, what's the best, what's the best ratio or, or practice and, and, and how to make that work? How much of it is a give and how much of it is a take in that process? I think there's a lot of give and take in the whole process because ideally you're trying to to date each other, right? And it needs to fit on both sides. And I think sometimes you attorneys, we get so focused on, well, we want to fight the, find the right candidate. Maybe we're not true and authentic with the candidates. Like they need to also learn who we really are because it needs to work both ways. But to answer your question, I think that there needs to be a whole process and it's more than one interview. It's lots of steps, you know, the whole adage, uh, fire fast, hire slow, and we, we need to have a process that's thoughtful that we build on the front end that really thinks about who we're trying to attract and hire and what are the ways we can build into the process to make sure that we're getting the right person. So let's kind of break that down piece by piece because, again, I've seen, I've seen those parts go wrong as often as I've seen them go right. 
How should lawyers and law firms in particular decide who they want to hire? Because sometimes I've seen a group of partners go into to a hiring process and they have fundamental different opinions as to who they're looking for. Somebody fresh out of law school, somebody with, with experience, somebody who one side will say they have habits that need to be broken. How should law firms approach this? Well, ideally you've got consensus on what the skills are that you're trying to fill as well as what your firm is about so that you can choose the correct candidate. If you don't have a strong sense of what the mission values as, we were, as we've been discussing, you will potentially make mistakes or you'll go on things that are a little more obvious like, do I like this person? Did we get along? You, said, you made a great point, which is that a lot of lawyers sit there and talk about themselves and the firm because interviews can be uncomfortable. You have to be prepared to not do that in the interview to focus on the task at hand, which is to determine whether the candidate will do good work, fit the skills assessment that you require, and match your values. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, they shouldn't be talking to a single candidate if they don't know who it is they're going to hire. Um, I think I said this morning, if, if you asked a fisherman what kind of bait I needed to go fish, and I don't fish, so go with me with my analogy. But I think that the first question somebody would say is, well, what, what are you trying to catch? If you're going deep sea fishing, you need bait that looks very different than if you go into a river. I think that's right. You're nodding, so maybe my fishing is working. Same thing with hiring. We gotta, so we start with a hiring profile. We have to all agree what level we're trying to hire for, who we're trying to get, and both in terms of skills and then soft skills. And that's where those values and corporate cultures gotta come in too. So we all start from the same page. So that's step number one before we pass go. So let's talk a little bit about process. How important is it to have the same group of people do all the interviews. How important it is, is it to have a, a consistent set of questions to measure or test the candidates? So what I like to do is have people map out a hiring process that's very thoughtful, so you're thinking about what it is we need to figure out and to find the right candidate. And so you might have multiple interviews and like I like to start now, I've gotten rid of cover letters. I don't like them anymore. I used to like them, but now I'm like, uh, who knows who's writing them or what they're saying. So we've asked for essays, like tell me, submit a resume and submit an essay that tells me who you are, why you're a good fit for our team in this position, and maybe something that's not on your resume. And that can be really telling, because that helps you quickly weed out and kind of get to the right people, like who's really reading our job description and reading our values and saying, yes, that resonates with me, I want to be on that team. So that's a quick tip. But then when you get into the interviewing process, who's going to interview and what's the point of each interview. So I, you, I might do uh, the first round based on skills where I'm gonna spend the entire time really drilling down, can this person do the job? And maybe I'll have my partner do an interview on culture fit and values. And then the next person might do an interview that is sort of a wrap-up interview, final interview. If you can have the same people in all of those processes, that's ideal, but that's not always practical. So if we all have a hiring plan and we know the process and we know what it is we're trying to capture in each of those interviews, then I think you can have other people on the team subbing out. But I think the theme that you, if you're taking away anything from this is that it's intentional. We're being thoughtful about the process and we're building it on the front end so that everyone who's gonna be involved knows. We don't want someone, what the biggest mistake I see is attorneys, you know, pick up a resume off the copier and walk into the interview and then are they're like, hey, how's it going? Do you, oh, are you my friend? Do you want to hang? You know, they just have this conversation. Interviews are not a conversation. It's a fact-finding mission to figure out, is this the right person for my team? Sometimes when we've failed at hiring, 
it's because we didn't do a great job of explaining the culture. So I mean, going back to the, kind of the first value proposition you had. What's the balance and, and how much should you not only be talking about the great things of the people you work with and the great things about the firm and the institution you've created, but about the, the things that aren't so great, the late nights, the, the long weekends, the sort of what, what it is that you expect. And, and sometimes those come out as a negative. And, you know, lawyers are sometimes, you know, we're, we're, we're trial lawyers in particular. We have a particular narrative we want to get in front of people. But I've noticed that we've failed when we do a poor job of talking about the cons of not only the practice of law, but, but our firm. How, how does that fit in with, with what we ought to be doing? How could I do it better? Well, I'm interested to know what you mean by fail, but I'll, I'll answer your question first. Really, the interview is not the opportunity to market what your firm is about. And if we're doing that, that can be a fail in itself. That's, this is not the place to tell the, tell the interviewee that there will be late nights. We don't know yet that you want them to work at your firm. So we would recommend an open-ended question that says, how do you feel when the work is not done at the end of the day? This is Stephanie's question from our presentation this morning. You want to leave the office. Your supervisor asks you to stay behind. Tell us a story about when that has happened to you and how you've addressed it. So you're asking a question that allows them to show you who they are authentically, how they would authentically deal with that situation. Instead of asking a, a closed question such as, we work really hard here, how do you want to do that? How do you want to deal with that? That's really great advice, and advice I wish I had had 15 years ago, I think right. as I started the hiring process. But more often than not, the people we've hired are not only great attorneys, but they're like great coworkers, and, and, and many of them are lifelong friends that, that we've created. And so, you know, the successes are obvious, but we've failed when we hired someone who I think had the wrong impression of the, the, the culture uh, that we had and what the expectations were. And so to me, the, the, the rough spot has always been balancing what it is you want to convey as far as expectations go with wanting to put your best foot forward because the best candidates are going to have multiple offers out there. They're going to have a lot of people chasing them. And, and, and you know, is there any particular advice you'd, you'd give on that point? I mean, I think you have to be your true authentic self because if you just try to like snow people over, they're going to find it out anyway, right? So that's, I, I get, we do want to put our best foot forward. I think if you're focused on a mission that resonates with people, a lot of people aren't intimidated by hard work. They actually are inspired by it, but they want to know their work is meaningful. And so if you can frame it, yes, there are times where we're going to have a trial and that's going to require some late nights, but we're all going to be in it together. We're not just asking you to sit behind a pile of books and be the only one here at, you know, the late at the, or whatever it is for your firm. People get that. I don't, I think people, we're lawyers. We expect that there could be some late nights involved. We're looking more for attitude. So if the candidate responds to open-ended questions in a way that suggests a negative approach or a victim mindset or a lack of personal responsibility, that type of thing, those are actually the things you're probably most concerned about or are the biggest risks to flag because lack of work is not as much the biggest issue with lawyers. It's lack of caring about the file, lack of feeling a sense of commitment to the firm, those types of things you can suss out with an open-ended question, and you can train your team to get the answers to the open-ended questions as, a, as an approach. Sure. So let's turn to firing. So I'm a trial lawyer. 
I'm trained at not only advocacy, but I'm, I'm trained for adversarial situations. The first time I had to fire someone was literally the toughest thing that I had ever done in my life. And, and I can go to court and tell the other side that they're horrible fraudsters, but I had a hard time gearing myself up to go in to tell someone that it wasn't the right fit. Am I alone in this? And, and what what no. is it that you tell lawyers that they, they need to do in this process? No, you're not alone. Nobody likes doing it. But if we can come at it from a place of caring for that person, the reason it's not working out is impacting them too. And it's hard to see in the moment. And I, I appreciate that. But I think we were talking earlier and we both have fired a lot of people in our lives, unfortunately. But I think we could say most of those people went on and found the right fit for them. And that's the key is that it doesn't mean that you're not a good person and you're not a good employee. You're just not a good person for our team. And that's what we're really looking for. Or maybe you're at a different place in your life, whatever the reason is. So I think one, approach it with that way that you're really caring for this other person and trying to do right by them because most people want to be in a place where they succeed and they want to feel that they're valuable. So then, you know, suck it up. Go in, be compassionate, be direct, be short and sweet. You know, just get in there, deliver the message. Hey, this is not working out and here's the plan. Final question. What's the hardest firing you've ever had to do? What's the one that uh, is either the best or worst story uh, to share? Because we've all had them. I think for me, the hardest thing is the struggle before deciding I think for me, it's not so much the action of firing, it's the, the internal battle about whether it should be done or not. And I think that that is where the, the hardest thing is for lawyers, because we, we don't want to view it as a failure that the person hasn't worked out. We don't want, we second guess ourselves. So for me, that's the toughest part. I think Stephanie's advice is great. Just, just get in there. Don't, don't debate it. I think that my nightmare scenario is having to deeply explain why. Just state the facts. I love that advice. It's great. Yeah, the two hardest that come to mind were because I loved the people. They were the right people. It just wasn't the right fit for the team. But then um, I'll, I'll instead of so I'll go with a funny story. I once had a receptionist who at the firm holiday party started talking to my husband. Now I'm the managing partner at the time. I'm pretty sure she knew this was my husband. And he was like, hey, how's it working out at the firm? You know, and she's proceeded to tell, she proceeded to get drunk and tell him how much she hated working at our firm, how much she hated us. And she basically was like, hey, you own a restaurant? Did you, are you hiring? Like maybe I could come work for you. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is crazy. Like people, people show you who they are sometimes. <laughs> you try, believe them, right? Isn't that the, the Maya Angelou quote? So she did not work out or stay very long after that. So my worst was, was the first week of being managing partner, overwhelmed by the job. And I had to let an associate go that just, it wasn't working out. I couldn't find him. I spent a week walking down to his office, Where's knowing he was there, and he found a way to elude me for an office. He's a great guy. We still have a good relationship, but but for eight days, I think he had a spy somewhere in the office that said, Greg's on his way down, and he vacated his office, and I couldn't find him in the building. That seems like the pitch for a new holiday comedy coming out, you know? Well, unfortunately, we reached the end of the road for this episode, and I really want to thank you both because this is a, a topic that's that's close to my heart, and I'm, I'm sure the listeners. And so if our listeners do have, have questions or want to follow up with you, how can they reach you? 
I'm Stephanie at Lawyerist.com. Go into Lawyerist.com is the easiest way to find everything about what I do. And I'm Darlene at interalia-law.com. And you can also find me on the Lawyer Life podcast, which I co-host, and we talk about issues like ego, self-awareness, the types of things that make hiring and firing a bit easier, ideally. Darlene, Stephanie, thank you so much. Uh, And I certainly want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Um, If you like what you heard, please rate and review us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcasting app is. I'm Greg Garman, and until next time, thanks for listening to On the Road. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Uh